Um, well, how, how sticky is it? I don't know, it's, it's pretty sticky. But <laughs> well, not, probably for the next time. Probably for the next time. Okay, well, it's too late because I already hit record. Welcome oh, excellent. The podcast where mistakes are guaranteed and our point is moot. I am Jeremy <laughs> and with me is Joe. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Got him. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a real good thing because I usually use the N-word so much when we talk uh, <laughs> that I, I, I'm, I'm shocked it didn't pop up on the recording now. It's a problem. It's a yeah. problem. It's a problem. Like, I reprimanded him. I've swatted him with the Norwegian police. Nothing. nothing it's else. insane that he says this because I didn't even know what the N word was until I met Jeremy. Like that guy is a bad influence. <laughs> uh, no, that's horrendous. <laughs> yeah, he, he he will go on and on. Like oh god, like I just heard him like the other day. He was like, oh, "The Jew <laughs> is using the black as muscle against the white man." You know, he was just on. <laughs> You know, I should have I should have seen that backfire, but I, I didn't. That's okay. <laughs> uh, by the way, that was a Blues Brothers reference. If anyone didn't catch it, I love Blues Brothers. Mm. I haven't seen Blues Brothers in a long time, though. I didn't catch the reference, but no, no, I, I felt like I should say that, so they didn't think I that, that that sentence came too easily off me. It's a movie reference. Calm down, people. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So COVID caught Jeremy. I did. Um, I'm I'm yeah. dying right now, which yeah. it, it couldn't and, come too uh, soon. <laughs> I got a vaccine. I got a vaccine, which was great. Yeah. So, did you get sick after it? No, no, not at all. Actually, I was expecting to get sick after it, uh, but instead, I just had like my arm hurt a little bit the same day. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, very smooth. Like I, I was expecting because everyone else I know who's had it have said like. Yeah, you might get like, uh, you might feel like you have a bad case of the flu, but it'll only last the day after, you know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's prepare for that. So I bought like, you know, snacks and, you know, the kind of stuff that you would buy if you knew you had a flu coming. Um, like orange juice and stuff. Yeah. And then the day after, it was just like, oh, it's just a fine day. It's a normal day, you know? <laughs> I mean, it was sucking for me anyways, because I have a, a fucking bum leg right now. Um, oh yeah, I should tell. Um, the last few days, uh, like last few weeks, I've been off work because I, the genius that I am, managed to slash myself up real bad in the kitchen at work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck's sake! Oh, yeah, it was bad. It was bad because I was wearing shorts. I'm not supposed to do that when you work in hospitality, but you know it's a hot day. Um, and now I know why I'm not supposed to do that because I walked by a garbage bag with like a shard of glass sticking out of it. And you know, when you walk by a table and it just kind of like scratches your leg and you're yeah. like, ah, that stinks. You, know, like, yeah, you, know, you might have one of those white marks on your leg because it scratched the skin a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it felt like that, but I was carrying a bunch of like a, a, like a tray with a bunch of bottles and shit on it. So I was like, okay, let's just put this down. And then I was like, okay. Uh, do something else because I was in the kitchen I wanted to move stuff around and then suddenly I got dizzy I'm like oh oh, oh what's happening here you know it's like is there a gas leak or something and I was like no we don't have gas in our stoves in Norway we use fucking electricity like adults um, and um, that sounded like a diss to people who use gas I, I'm just I was dissing England I don't know if any other countries use gas um, uh, and then I was like, oh, it feels wet on my leg. So I just looked down and 
it was just like the thickest blood I've seen in my life. It was just like oozing out like a fucking thin yogurt. And it was so dark too. It was like almost black brownish or something, you know? Yeah. So it must have been from like kind of a major vein or something. Uh, but of course, I was already dizzy from blood loss. So, you know, my recollection of what I saw could be, you know, corrupted. Uh, but I have, a, I, have a, I have a pretty big fear of hospitals, but I'm not bothered by blood or gore or anything like that. Uh, so my first instinct wasn't, oh, no, my leg. It was more like, oh, shit. So I tried to fix it by, because it was, it was missing like, I don't know how you do centimeters to inches. Um, it was like almost the width of a little finger, but it was about twice as long as a little finger, the cut. You know? Yeah. But it was a pretty wide cut. Like, it wasn't like a cut. It was more like someone had like tore a strip of my leg. It was just missing a stripe of the leg. And you can see the bone quite clearly in there. <laughs> um, like, oh. honestly, I, I would not oh. be surprised if there was hanging a piece of flesh on that fucking bottle. Uh, you you sent me pictures of after you were sewn up, and that made me queasy. It, it's a big gash. Oh, it was nasty. And the picture, like I sent the picture before it was sewn too, but that picture is quite nice because then the wound had already started swelling because I was in the hospital, so you can't see the bone anymore. Yeah, it's you know, way creepier to see all the stitches there. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it was it was it was it was gnarly, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was trying to fix the wound. So I was just like grabbing the top, like below the wound and over the wound and squeezing it together. Uh, But it didn't hurt at all because I think I was in shock. So I just kept squeezing it, right? And then I grabbed a napkin to push onto the wound to keep those sides shut. But the napkin, uh, like we don't have napkins in the kitchen. So I don't know where I got that. I must have picked that out of the trash. So I'm really fucking glad they gave me a tetanus shot. Um, (laughs) Like my judgment was reduced because I was just dealing with blood loss. And then uh, one of the waitresses came in. I don't remember who it was because I was just kind of gone. But she was just like, oh, my God, I'll get Ben, I'll get Ben. And so she went to get Ben, right? Uh, And he came in like a minute later running with a like a like a first aid kit. Um, And he was like, let me see, let me see, let me see. And I was like, oh, no, I shouldn't take away the napkin because it'll bleed a lot, you know. And he was like, no, 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 let me see, let me see. And then I, I, he saw and he went like, oh, shit, get Stephanie, get Stephanie. Because she's like the one with first aid training, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so she came in a little later. Diogo came in. And at first I was like a little nervous because Diogo is like, he, he's got so much experience in like being a waiter. He's got like 20 years experience. And he'll always correct me when I do stupid shit, which I, you know, do a lot. Uh, and um I, at first i was like oh sorry 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 i was just apologizing for being like bleeding instead of doing the job and he is just looking at me like what the fuck are you doing because <laughs> you know? he's just concerned and i'm like worried that i'm disappointing him now <laughs> and he's like no 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 you sit down you sit down and he just puts me on like a thing like we usually carry bottles in and then i notice i get dizzy from sitting down and i'm like oh ben ben i need you to hold the thing thing for me you know yeah because I thought, like, I, I don't know anything about medical stuff, like, at all. All I know is, like, literally what I've learned from fucking Saving Private Ryan. So, <laughs> so... A renowned medical movie. I'm, I'm exactly. <laughs> I remember there's a scene there where the medic gets hit by, like, fragments from a grenade, and he is bleeding to death, 
and the dummies around him just keep wiping the blood off of his stomach instead of putting pressure on the wounds, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> he, can't, he can't direct them because he's hurt. Um, and, and then <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, uh, like I, I don't want to, like, bleed to death from that because that would be stupid. So if I pass out, you know, I'm like telling Ben because he's a big, strong guy, you know, and uh, uh, I'm like, Ben, 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 you know, you know, uh, Saving Private Ryan, you know, like the guy who bleed to death there, you know, because I'm not, I'm not coherent at all. Like I'm more coherent now than I was then, I think. Uh, I don't know because I wasn't coherent enough to remember properly. Um, but I was trying to tell him about the movie and telling him that's why he needs to keep pressure. But he obviously doesn't want like it's a nasty wound. And he doesn't he, he he doesn't want to cause me any pain, obviously, you know. Yeah. So he's just holding it gently, and I'm like, no, 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 Ben, you gotta. And then I show him by grabbing the wound and squeezing it together and slapping the bloody napkin on top of it, and like you gotta do that. And then I like you're a big strong guy, use your arms, you know. And like he he does it, but he's just looking at me like, what the hell is this guy? <laughs> 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 you know, because yeah. at this point I'm like. I'm more embarrassed than anything. I'm just super embarrassed about the whole situation. Because uh, it's always like the injured person's privilege to be calm, right? Like everyone else is stressing on your behalf. Well, you're in uh, shock too. Uh, yeah, so... The person not... that should that should be embarrassed is the person that put broken glass in a trash can. Yeah. And then yeah, I mean, immediately that's... like either take it out or something. Like, like there's... there. Sarah works in a restaurant. I told her this story. And she's like, what idiot <laughs> yeah yeah you're not meant to do that um <laughs> like the, the owner of the restaurants uh he asked me if he could use pictures of my leg to yell at people in his various restaurants for doing stuff like that good uh, and i said yeah absolutely <laughs> you should. Um, but i, I don't want to be too harsh because i love everyone i work with and they're all good people and I, I i think it's just like the the trash can for glass like the hard plastic one yeah, that's always full because it's a restaurant. So it's probably someone who's just been trying to do their job efficiently, and then they didn't think about health and safety for a second. Oh, sure. Like you don't you don't want to like you know. No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. The firing squad. Like, we have no idea who did it. I'm kind of glad we don't have an idea who did it. <laughs> um, but I'm also like I I I I I. I I wouldn't do that myself because I'm like pretty big up my ass about recycling. Uh, but the health and safety part would not have crossed my mind either is what I'm saying. Okay. Like I would never have thrown a bottle in a, in the wrong garbage because that's just anathema to me, anathema to me. Um, but the health and safety angle of it, I would never have thought of that myself. So I could have made a similar mistake if it wasn't about recycling. Gotcha. Uh, so I want to have some understanding for it. Obviously, I'm not making any mistakes like that now because I can tell what happens. I mean, first-hand experience. Can go wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. It was. I, I got a bit of an indictment of the Norwegian health system at the same time because uh, when Ben was calling the ambulance, right? The fuck he had it on speaker, and the fucking woman on the other side was just so blasé about it. Like she was. Oh man, I hate bureaucrats. She she was not taking it seriously at all. Like he kept ex- describing the injury, and she was like, "Can you send us a picture of it?" You know, and she was just like not taking it seriously at all because 
she's probably thinking, oh, some asshole cut himself in a restaurant, which is accurate. Um, but, you know, she probably thought it was like, oh, someone with a Band-Aid wants a boo-boo, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, like, after a 15-minute fucking conversation, or what felt like 15 minutes, I'm not the best judge of time. Um, <laughs> How long have we been recording for? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? Oh, God, I feel bad for the people following us. Uh, no, but so... <laughs> so basically he had to give the phone to me because uh, I, 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 I like all the dialogue so far has been in English because I'm the only Norwegian at the restaurant and the dialogue with the woman there was English too because Ben is English um, and the, I spoke to her in Norwegian you know and I, I was just explaining to her like no dude it's a wide gash you can see the bone just get here right yeah. and then I gave the phone back and she was still being so chill on it, you know? And then later on, the ambulance people came and they were just kind of walking in through the thing, right? And then they saw the wound and they went like, oh shit, you weren't kidding. And then they started running. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, okay, circus. Then they helped me in the wheelchair. They dragged me back. And this is Bergen, mind you. It's the cobblestone street uh, city of Europe, minus Portugal. Um and it's just, it's just, it's, yeah, like, I'm just feeling the pressure inside my leg as the fucking, the vibrations of them dragging a wheelchair across cobblestone. And I'm like, oh God, okay, don't bitch. You know, cause I, I hate to, I hate people who complain. I never complain. Uh, I complain on the podcast a lot, but <laughs> in real life, you'll never hear me make a complaint unless you do, which I probably will. <laughs> you know, well, you, there's no you, hard you don't complain about, like I can't imagine you being in an office and and bitching about coworkers or complaining about the work. Like you might complain about the weather or something yeah. <laughs> that's more benign, and that that might be like carry you through the morning. But I, I can't imagine you like being gossipy about it. No, I can't do that. because I, I, it's you know it, it feels too bitchy. I can't do that. You know, everyone has their story. Everyone has reasons for what they do. Yeah. You know? Uh, and everyone is trying hard. Like even when it doesn't look like people are trying hard, they are trying hard. Like that fucking woman on the the, the phone with the ambulance. Like she's probably gotten so many calls from people who cut their finger, and then like, oh, can I get a free band aid? Or I, I I don't know what they do, but I can only imagine she had good reasons for being blasé. Yeah, or or she's in the middle of her second shift because she took a shift for her coworker. It wasn't the it was like at three o'clock in the night too, you know? Yeah. So, so you have no many hours no idea how many hours she's worked or how tired she is. She or... could be fucking devastated. She could have been like just exhausted and this could be like her fiftieth phone. Um but anyways, I was sitting in the ambulance um and I'm deathly scared of hospitals. Like I am not scared of getting injuries. I'm not scared of anything like that, but I'm scared any injury will take me to a hospital because the white coats and stuff like that, they creep me out, man. Like I can never go into an Apple store without feeling chills down my spine. It's, it's such a creepy, sterile environment. Um, uh, and when I'm in the ambulance, I'm just nervous as hell. Uh, so I keep talking when I'm nervous. I keep talking when I'm not nervous. But I mean, <laughs> I keep talking anyway. Uh, you know. I'm puzzled. I keep talking. I'm buried yeah. alive. I just keep talking. <laughs> exactly. So I'm in there and I'm just trying to like, 
chit chat with this woman, right? The the one who's the ambulance uh, person, right? Yeah. And we're having a good chat, and then I realized halfway through the journey, I'm still speaking English, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm Norwegian by the way, and she's like, what? <laughs> and and then I'm like, yeah, I'm from Oost, and she's like, I'm from Oost too, and then we just started bonding over that, uh, and I was still wearing like my floral shirt and name tag because you know I'm the host at the restaurant, so I felt like I was still hosting. So I made sure to invite the ambulance personnel uh, to the restaurant when I was better, a drink on me and stuff like that. And I extended this offer to all the nurses and the doctors at the hospital that treated me. Uh, and it was great because I was so nervous there that I just kept talking, you know, because I don't want to remember that I'm in a hospital, you know, that I'd probably throw up. So I just kept talking to them and trying to make them laugh uh and it worked and it made me feel like king of the hill because one of them said that i was the best comedian that had in at the middle of the night (laughs) 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 which made me super happy i was so proud of that uh and the woman was sewing up my leg she was a surgeon uh like an orthoped orthopedic i don't know what orthopedic surgeon yeah like a leg surgeon yeah uh, and she was like the most stone cold fox you've ever met. Like she was, she was not like showing any emotion whatsoever. Like she was like the stereotype, you know, like when dumb people stereotype smart people, like Sheldon Cooper kind of characters. Yeah, yeah. She was kind of like that, you know, like totally emotionless, completely like with her work, you know. Uh, and of course, I commented on this, and she was like, "What do you mean, you know?" Because uh, I kept trying to make her laugh, but she was just so cold. And then I was like, no, you got kind of a nurse, rat- nurse ratchet thing going. And she was like, what? And I was like, have you seen One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest? And then she burst into laughter and I felt so proud. <laughs> yeah. And then I quickly said like, but it's better that you have a cold demeanor and a warm heart because you're fixing my leg and I kind of need that. <laughs> you know. And then she kept laughing and then she got to chatting with me. Mm. Um, but it was fascinating, man, because she had to sew the muscle inside the leg because it was like it was cut badly, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, before she could get to the skin, like I have seventeen stitches on the skin. Uh, I don't know how many I have inside the leg because I didn't count them, but I was kind of like sitting there just staring into my leg uh, as she was sewing and asking her about like where she learned to do this so fast and stuff because it's fascinating, you know. And it took my mind off the fact that I was in a hospital. Um, but I was, I was not nearly as brave when uh, the other nurse had to give me a tetanus shot because I got cut by garbage, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, oh my God. Like, I, 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 I was ambushed by garbage. Like, what a piece <laughs> of trash. He got me when I wasn't looking. <laughs> uh, Maybe there were rats know? in the bag. Oh yeah, a little fucking ratatouille assassins. Um, no, but uh, yeah. So like when they, she was giving me a tetanus shot, I was just asking her if I could hold her hand, and I was looking away, and I was making the whiniest, high pitched voice you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> I was just like, I'm so sorry about the voice. Please, please, please don't think less of me. You know. And she's laughing as she puts the needle in, and the surgeon is just like, she's back to her being like herself, but she's kind of got a smile going. 
and um yeah it was it was it was weird though because she also she also kept complimenting the cut she said it was a very beautiful cut she was like surprised by the by that the bottle did this because it was so clean and it severed no tendons which she expected it to do when it was that deep so i was honestly i was very lucky yeah especially if you were bleeding out because it had hit like a main artery or something and yeah, I mean, it was in my sh- it was in my shin, so I, I don't think it would have hit the main artery because I think that goes through the thigh or something. Yeah, um, that's fair. So, I don't know anything about anatomy, so I couldn't tell you. No, I know I know very little too. So anyone listening is probably going like, "That's not how the human body works, Joe," and they would be right. I, I defer to them. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, she was saying that uh, she was amazed that no tendons were cut and the cut was really clean, so it was easy to sew and everything. Um. And she gave me like a, a sedative in the leg, like a local needle anesthesia, right? Yeah. Um, so I didn't feel anything there except pressure, although that's a creepy feeling to feel when you know what they're doing. Uh, and also I saw her like rubbing her finger, like she had gloves on, but she rubbed her finger along the wound kept t- several times. And that was interesting to me because I would have thought they had some kind of tool for cleaning a wound or something. She's just fucking using her finger, like you're rubbing smut off a TV screen you know <laughs> and it was like i was just kept looking at it and was thinking that's that's not too bad actually that's pretty clever because you never know if there's like a fragment of glass or garbage in there and you never know if that'll go away if you just rinse it so oh, she was being thorough i appreciated this woman a lot she was doing a good job there um although she did she did suck at the paperwork um because she told me that I needed to be on an antibiotics cure for uh, like uh, uh, a week, but she forgot to put that in my notes. So uh, when I got home, I didn't have a, a prescription for it. Uh, so no one could pick it up for me. Uh, but my mom uh, got uh, into it. And actually I had reconnected with my mom earlier that very same day, like, before the i got cut so that was like really convenient actually um and she has worked as an uh, i don't know what the hell you call this in english in norway norway it's an apothecary technician yeah uh, which is like a it's a pharmaceutical person that makes medicines or does something with medicines i know very little um so she called the the the, the hospital and told them about this. Um, and like, hey, we need, some, we need the antibiotics. And they were like, um, we'll try to contact the doctor uh, who did this later and get it done. But then two hours later, we contacted them. And they were like, we still haven't gotten a hold of her. And they were like, like my mom was like going on about how uh, this is like foglamelsa. Um, it's uh, like a, in Norwegian, it's just a technical word that means you've it's your fault you forgot uh, uh and that they're responsible for this and uh she went like a total karen on them but she used lots of like lingo from like like business lingo within the field you know like technical terms and so yeah. the woman was like oh shit okay i'll put you over to the head doctor at the hospital and my mom just kind of like went on about him with these technical terms and eventually he was like oh what kind of antibiotics do you think i should prescribe like he was all nervous and shit and she just leered off like the name of an antibiotic and the milligrams I was supposed to have daily. And he just 
made the prescription. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like an American doctor. <laughs> it's, it's we, have, we have pharmaceutical commercials, and they'll be like, "Ask your doctor about so and so." And I'm uh, just thinking, who the hell, how the he- who the hell is he listening to this fucking random woman on the phone and getting drugs? Um, but I'm glad she did though, because otherwise, you know, I could have fucking died from an infection. I was cut by garbage, um, and I'm not, so I'm I'm happy. Um, but yeah, it was nice to reconnect with her and everything. Like, uh, it's uh, uh, we had a long talk about all sorts of stuff that's been a barrier between us, like neglect and shit like that growing up. But it's more that my brother was such a fucking handful that he's a bit of a narcissist so uh, uh she basically couldn't the only context listeners have for your mom so far is that on a fairly recent episode you called her a cunt so- oh yeah yeah no and i meant it back then um <laughs> i've gotten i've gotten a different perspective on her situation as i was growing up and um it's yeah it's much needed context much needed context it's it's helped us reconnect a lot i haven't spoken to her in two years up until recently and it's been nice to reconnect with her and uh, she's doing much better now than she ever like she, she used to be she, like she doesn't have the same uh problems with substances and etc that she used to have that's good uh, yeah it's it's uh it's very good it's uh i want to say it's a silver lining of the whole leg thing but Fuck the whole like I reconnected with her the same day, but before the cut, so there's no benefit to the cut at all. Except I got a gnarly scar, bro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So the last few weeks, that's what I've been recovering from. That was fun. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, we haven't done. It's probably a good time to good time to mention like we haven't published an episode in a while and. <laughs> between Joe getting a new job and the accident like we haven't our so our schedule used to be we would meet on weekends when it was like 10 o'clock at night Joe's time (laughs) and record episodes but we can't do that anymore because of his job his job hasn't worked evenings and because of the time difference if I don't wake up until like 9 a.m he's already getting ready for work <laughs> yeah because like 12 o'clock for jeremy is uh, 18 o'clock for me yeah uh, 18 o'clock is 6 p.m yeah so it, it can be very challenging because he goes to work at 3 p.m it'd be very challenging to get together so we we've, we've we're working out a new schedule so we're, what we're gonna do is Actually, do you want to say anything else about the the injury before I go into all this? Because oh, I'm so, definitely, I always want to say stuff about anything, but I can't come up with anything right now. So you know, okay, they just yours, my friend. Okay, so what <laughs> we're gonna do, what we've decided to do, is we're gonna do seasons because one, because we want to kind of keep this podcast going for a, a while. We like it, and we want to keep going. Uh, so what we want to do is we want to. Uh, have seasons where we can have some downtime so we're not doing it continuously all year because we obviously don't get paid for this and we want to uh 
uh, take a break and work out new schedules so that way we can start recording for season two. And we're going to, this will be our last episode until season two and season two will come out on October 1st, which is a Friday. So we're going to publish that Friday and then the following Wednesday, which is October 6th, we'll start publishing regularly again for about 30 episodes and then we'll take another break for season three but that's 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 how we're going to do this going forward we think we're not sure i mean it's not like it's we're not a production company it's our it's our current plan <laughs> it's our it's our plan we're <laughs> we're too you know, like <laughs> if you guys have a better plan let us know because as far as i know like we're talking air anyways <laughs> <laughs> exactly i know you exist and if you do exist if you have a better idea tell me um <laughs> that's right yeah speaking uh, of people who exist um like a couple of well now it's gotta be months now it's a it's a while ago um but one of the kids from uh my confirmation class gave me some feedback on the podcast because she listened to it uh, and it made me so happy. Like that's the best feedback I've ever gotten. Cause she really enjoyed the podcast. She thought it was funny, which is like my goal, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she also enjoyed the themes we were discussing. And she said that, uh, it changed her mind on some issues, which I think is fucking great. Cause that means she's like flexible ideology. Like, uh, yeah, like she's ideologically flexible, which is awesome. Everyone should be that. Yeah. But she also said that she firmly disagreed with some of the stuff we were saying. And I love that because that means she's an independent thinker and she's not, not just like fucking following whatever we say. Yeah. I'm all about that because we say a lot of ignorant shit on here, but we, I think we also make good points sometimes. Yeah. But that's, that's, and that's all I want to hear. If, if I ever change anyone's mind, I'm super happy. But if you change someone's mind and they are just like a natural follower, that means nothing, you yeah. know? Uh, you want them to because you, you're wrong too like I'm wrong all the time you know and I like it when people can comfortably tell me that well you could you can even be like right about something and someone may still disagree with your take on it you oh know, absolutely it's... absolutely because there's there's all sorts of different ways to uh, like you know you need all kinds to fill the freeway you know uh there's but uh... I hate traffic <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> fill the freeway that's true that's true uh a different expression uh, we we, yeah, we we need all sorts of different people you know yeah and it's uh it's it's like very very few people are just objectively right about anything when it comes to politics like there are aspects you can be right about that are just based in facts yeah uh but even the way to handle those things, we were never sure exactly how. We only have like the best prevailing idea of the day, you know. Like even if we know, even if we know a situation and we can accurately tell what the situation is, the solution to that situation is not crystal clear. Even though it sometimes may look like it is. Yeah, and things are multifaceted. Like I, I cringe when I hear things that I or you know, reread things that I wrote before or, you know, think about things I used to think because, you know, if you just lack enough information, if you just don't understand something or you don't know enough things about it, you can, 
people want to draw like come to a conclusion people want to say oh this is this is what it is you yeah, know i, I mean, know based human on my experiences. humans are problem solvers right yeah so we yeah. really like to solve problems and uh, we'll try to solve them even if we have limited information my favorite type of person you know there are a lot of different aspects about there are a lot of different things that make me like a person but i think my favorite trait no, that's not true because I like people not being dick dick bags. But like one of my favorite traits is curiosity. I like when people are curious and they spend their whole lives readjusting their positions and thinking about things and, and reading and collecting information, viable information. They know how to hunt, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I like when it, people who who are like yeah, as you said earlier, like ideologically flexible. I think that's a, that's an important thing to be. Yes. I think being an ideologue is just damaging to you and everyone around you. Yeah. And, and having that drive, like when you confront something that seems off instead of just ignoring it and being like, well, why is this off and spending some time looking it up? Because it just, it's very easy to get complacent because work can be difficult and life can be stressful. And it's easy to just get to the end of the day, flop on the couch and watch TV for hours until no. you fall asleep and then you wake up at 3 a.m. and brush your teeth and go to bed. Not that I've ever done this, but I think <laughs> it's, it, it, it's important to keep feeding the brain brain food and just be engaged with the world around you as much as possible. And yeah, 100%. You know, I don't, I don't think that means you have to have reading as a hobby or whatever, but I think you did. No, you don't have to be an academic to be able to discuss ideas, but you also got to be like, or learn about those ideas, have it, having the wherewithal to actively hunt. Yeah. You, you just have to be, you have to be like, at least curious, you know, you have to be willing to listen to people who, you, who might know more than you. Uh, and also you have to be willing to discuss the idea with people you firmly disagree with. Yeah. You know, you got you got to be able to discuss it in a way where you respect their take on it. You don't have to accept their take on it to respect it. Exactly. Like, I know that we're going to listen to episodes from now season one, but I know that we're going to listen to early episodes and cringe at those too. Eventually. Oh, I'm, 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 I can re-listen to stuff I say today and cringe. <laughs> that's a different problem because <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i got oral diarrhea man there's no filter i'm just leering shit out of my face nonstop. um, uh, but, um i don't take myself too seriously so i hope that if you hear a lot of nonsense i say i hope it makes you smile rather than makes you annoyed because then i feel then i feel like i've done something good no yeah yeah no, i got you <laughs> you don't have to laugh with me you get to laugh at me but you know as long as you're laughing i'm happy sure sure well i'm gonna do a quick word from our sponsors um we still have sponsors oh occasionally yeah they pop it's in and out it's been a while since we last had a sponsor i think it's because it's been a while since we last recorded <laughs> although i do think out of our, our life last <laughs> I can't blame them for not sending us their dough. Well, I I prefer money. Yeah, I know. I'm not they, gonna cook dough. I'm too lazy. No, they they have sent a lot of dough. 
<laughs> Please stop. It keeps rising on the front porch and then it smells bad when it starts decaying. <laughs> oh, it's, it's usually, but it comes in the mail too. It's usually, they, they don't refrigerate it. They just send it. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like shoved in an envelope. You know, I have to shoot the last package. <laughs> and I'm in, I'm in Norway, so guns, we don't like, I needed an arrow. <laughs> I, I planted a hedge maze in my front yard to make it harder for the mailman to find, find the mailbox. So I'm just sick of getting these swollen packages. But uh, Jeremy, Jeremy, what, what, what did the sponsor say? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, our sponsor today uh, is uh, Jackie Daytona's Industrial Shredders. Do you need to shred some documents, but you're sick of worthless, poor performing Office Max garbage? Well, Jackie Daytona's Industrial Shredders are for you. You can throw envelopes in there whole. There's a giant funnel. And... If you need to, say, slaughter an animal, you can just throw the whole animal in there. For an extra $5, you can get a blood trough for the bottom of this shredder. <laughs> Jackie Daytona's Industrial Shredders. I love it. Uh, blood trough. That's what you want in your office. So I feel <laughs> like I don't know who Jackie Daytona is, but she sounds kind of brutal. <laughs> I, it, it's a reference to something that you've seen before. Oh, what what have I seen? Oh, now I can't tell you. Oh, come now. This is suspense. This is suspenseful. I'll say I'll, I'll say it at the end of the episode if you remember. If you forget, if you forget, you have to wait till season two. That's uh, that's that's you're putting a lot of pressure on me now because I feel like our audience, like all six of them, they're gonna want, they're gonna want to know about this, and I'm gonna forget and. <laughs> I'm going to be held responsible for this as I should be because it's on me to remember. Oh God, no. What have you done? <laughs> All right. What have you done? <laughs> so, I have to be like this. <laughs> but it was. I like suspense. That's good. That's good for the <laughs> yeah, uh, you're such a Alfred Hitch cockhead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you're a Daniel Dick Lewis. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> uh, that's, that, that was good too, though. That was solid. Yeah. That was rock I solid. You. I support you. Rock solid. Hard as a rock. <laughs> mm, so solid. Mm, it was just thorough, deep. So I don't have cool, I got gouged at work stories because I mostly sit at my computer for work, but I did learn about Olga of Kiev. Yes. I would like to share because. Okay, so Olga of Kiev is badass. She is a saint in the Eastern Orthodox Church, and she, her title is equal to the apostles. And she's, she's not the only one. The Eastern Orthodox Church sometimes elevates certain saints into equal to the apostles. She's one of them. And what, basically what went down, uh, she was a regent for her son, until her son got old enough to rule. And the reason that this happened is because her husband was assassinated. She married this guy. Uh, her name, his name was Igor. Igor I of Kiev. And he... The very first Igor. The very first... <laughs> no Igors before him. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean to, uh, to interrupt you, but I will. Because uh, I just realized something. What's up? pronounce the name because i've always heard as ego you know because that's how we reread it 
And there's like this character from, I don't know if it's Warhammer or Warcraft, but there's a character that's eye gore, as in like uh, eyeball, you know, like you like the jelly thing you, you, you see thing with, you know? Yeah. It's like an eye and then gore, as in, you know, guts and gore. And there's a character called Igor. And I just realized that that's a pun on the name Igor. Holy <laughs> shit. Wow. That was such an experience for me. Thank you for this. Okay. Continue. Sorry. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, <laughs> so she, so, so she was forced to marry this guy named Igor. She was like 15 years old when they got married, um, had a kid. And, you know, this was before strong central powers in Russia. You know, we're talking, uh, this was like 900 AD or something pretty early. And there was this nearby tribe called the Drevlians. And the Drevlians were, they had joined with Igor's predecessors in other armies and they paid tribute the, to them. The Drevlians? Um, the Drevlians. And the Drevlians... It sounds helped. like uh, it sounds like a creature from the Dark Crystal universe. <laughs> well, they could be. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, they used to, so they paid tribute, and they would be called into battle and stuff. They helped them fight. They helped Igor's uh, family fight against like the Byzantine Empire and other invasionary barbarian uprising type stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, Igor's father died and they decided, yeah, you know what? Instead of giving tribute to that family, let's give it to this nearby warlord instead. And we'll just pay him for protection. Kind of like the biggest bully on the block type thing. Oh, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And, and Igor is like, well, I'm not going to have any of that. I need to prove that I'm worthy of rule. So he went over to demand tribute. So they gave him tribute and he's like, cool. I am, I, I'm a hero. I'm going to go back home. And on the way back, you know, his advisors started picking at him and saying, like, you know, is that enough? You know, are they really, like, kowtowing to you or are they just, you know? And so he decided he was going to go back and demand more tribute. And he did. So the, <laughs> the Drevlians decided to capture him. He killed all of his retinue, killed, uh, tied him to tree trunks and ripped him in half. And they then had the balls to go back home because with him dead, Olga became the regent in charge of their, in, in charge of uh, Kiev. And yeah. her son was three years old. So her son, whose name I was not able to pronounce, no matter how many times I tried, is, <laughs> was too young to, to, to assume the throne. So the Drevlians came back and they're like, oh, it's just a woman, you know, we can kind of push her around. So yeah. they showed up and said, hey, we killed your husband. Um, Olga should come and marry Prince Mal, which was their prince. Yeah. So they were making a power play and trying to like take the Yeah, they're, they're trying to take, uh, like get two cities for the price of one kind of thing. Yeah. And so she responded, your proposal is pleasing to me. My husband cannot rise from the dead. This is true. But I would like to honor you tomorrow in the presence of my people. Return now to your boat and remain there with an aspect of arrogance. I shall send for you tomorrow and you shall say, we will not ride on horses or go on foot. Carry us in our boat. 
and you shall be carried in your boat. The idea being, yeah, we're going to, you know, kind of like walk marching the throne through the city yeah, streets. Like we're going to give you a great, uh, like, uh, we're going to treat the boat like a palanquin and it's going to be like a great festival for you. Exactly. So they did. They, they carried him through the street. The next day came, they sat in their boat and they waited and Olga's team showed up, picked up the boat, carried it through, they lauded him. And then she had them thrown into a really, really deep pit while in the boat and then <laughs> buried them alive. And she leaned up next to the pit while they're being buried and kept asking whether they found the honor to their taste. So after- <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, what a bitch, I love her. <laughs> so, well, she's not, she's not done, she, she's so far from done. So- Oh, that is, that, is, that is such a beautiful way to say, yeah, you know, fuck you for killing my husband. <laughs> Right. So the Drevlians had no idea that she did this because all the people they had dispatched were now buried alive. So she sent another message saying... Clean way too. It's such like that if she was playing Total War, I would be scared because that is such a clean way to make sure nobody gets out of there to tell the tale. Right. Right. Oh, oh, tell. okay. Continue. Continue. So, so she calls... So, so she sent a message to the Drevlians and said, please send your most distinguished men to Kiev so that, she, so that I might go to your prince with due honor. And the Drevlians thought, oh, hey, the first diplomatic party's back, but they're probably just there as guests of honor. Let's send our most important politicians and most prestigious men of our society uh, to, to hang out with them. And so they, they also... They, second party shows up and they said what are these dreblians though like (laughs) at least make sure you get a letter from your own guy saying they're okay right well when they showed up they allegedly asked about the first party and she said well you'll meet them don't worry about it uh what i need you to do as is custom here in kiev is to bathe and then after you bathe we'll go we'll all go eat together so she drew them a bath she had her handmaidens draw them a bath, and the men went into the bathhouse. Then Olga barred all the doors and set the bathhouse on fire. <laughs> and they all burned it down. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful! Because that—I mean—that is a savage way to die. Because, uh, e- like, either they're dying from the smoke, right? But you know, not in peacefully in their sleep. They're dying from the fucking heat and the fire. Or if they're being clever slash extremely stupid. They try to protect themselves from the heat by getting into the fucking water, and then they boil alive instead. Right. Oh my god! Oh, what a cunt! Oh, I love her. She's fucking brutal. Oh, she's amazing. So oh, that... she she's she is she is taking no prisoners quite literally. She is fucking oh. going after these dribble chins. <laughs> so <laughs> dribble chins. So then she sends. So then she sends a thir- another message to the Drevlians and says, "Okay, all right, this marriage." is totally going to happen. Like, we're all on board. I'm speaking with your best people right now. Uh, what I need you to do is I need to make peace with my husband's death. So I need you to prepare great quantities of mead and wine in the city where you killed my husband. So that way I can go to his grave, grieve, kind of get past this, and there'll be a big feast. So she showed up to Igor's tomb, and it was a, it was a Drevlian city. So she shows up at this tomb with a small 
group of people and she goes and she prays and she you know weeps you know at her at her husband's grave and yeah she does the whole thing does the whole thing and she brings in like food and and alcohol of her own and people start singing and then more drevlians come out and it becomes a big feast so they, they it turns she turns this thing into a feast they all get super drunk and then she has her soldiers surround the city and and murder thousands of people they just massacred them oh my god that 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 that's that's the same strategy that king cyrus the great used against the scythians Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's 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 uh, except she did it with more steps, you know. Yes. Holy hell! Like fucking Olga is badass, man. So by now the Drevlians were onto her <laughs> because you know. But they fucking should be, you know, like third time the charm, right? <laughs> she goes back home and raises an army, and she, you know. The, the army, they, they caught the Drevlians by surprise. Their leadership is absolutely decimated. You know, they're, they're, they're basically a loose collection of tribes with semi-fortified cities. Um, but one of the cities, which buried, is now... <laughs> buried, burned, and pillaged so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the cities was actually fortified. And it was called Iskoristan or something. So she shows up to this Iskoristan city and... It, it actually has walls and it has defenders and it, it has, you know, stuff to actually keep her out. So she starts the siege and the siege is not doing so hot. And she's getting kind of sick of it and the soldiers are, are hungry and it's expensive. And she, so she decides she needs some subterfuge to, to, to win. So she sends well, them a another... Suit. That definitely is her strong suit. Yes, yeah, if she, she was, uh, if she was uh, an R, like playing an RPG, she would have put the hell of a lot of points in intelligence. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she sends them another message, and it says, "Why are you bothering to hold out? All your cities have surrendered to me and submitted tribute. So the inhabitants are now in their fields and they're they're working their lands in peace. But you would rather, you know, die of hunger without submitting tribute." <laughs> She's bluffing them. Yes, so the Drevlians oh. who have been stuck in this city, uh, freaking out. You know, they, they, they've been uh, they've been under siege for for months. Uh, they just they're freaking out because they've now heard about all this the shit she's pulled, and so they're like, "Well, what if she's still mad about her husband?" So they sent out a message saying, basically, "What are you still mad about your husband?" <laughs> we're, we're worried about this. <laughs> <laughs> they should be. They fucking should be. She said, I have a small request for you. What you need to do is give me three pigeons and three sparrows from each house. Give me, give me your messenger birds. And then let's, let's open the gates and talk about this. So the Drevlians were like, oh, that's great. We can end the siege by just sending her some birds. No big deal. So they send the birds. And Olga told her army to take uh, uh, small pieces of, of sulfur-bound sulfur cloth um and he sets fire to the city from the inside of the city she sets fire to the cloth they return the birds the birds go home to nest and the city catches on fire and burns to the ground and as people are leaving she ordered her soldiers to murder or take slaves and that is is brilliant but these fucking dribble chins man i do not believe that they are clever people (laughs) like 
someone is telling you you're in a siege and someone is telling the equivalent of okay just give me all your phones and tools of communication and i'm gonna be very kind to you mm-hmm. it's like at that point that's a fucking red flag man that's a big <laughs> red flag you know that's a red flag that this uh, crazy old witch is gonna fill with fucking sulfur she wasn't even old no no, no, she wasn't even old. She's a young woman, but uh, for some reason, a name woman named Olga, who is this wily, I, I picture her as an old crone. <laughs> well, she, uh, like, she managed to hold on to power. I mean, she had absolutely devastated the Drevlians. Like, they continued the war. They totally wiped out the tribe, sort of, you know, Mongol style. Like, you, you fight against us, you get <laughs> your oh, earth yeah, gets salted yeah. when we're done with you. It did not leave a lot of people there. No. Uh, she she decimated them and put them in their place and surprise surprise didn't have much issue with some of the but she did wind up uh, defending Kiev in a siege and dealing with a bunch of other like internal political power plays and she held on to power until her son came of age and even after he became king and started going off to war he would leave her in charge of like castles and stuff because you know she was such a badass Obviously, I mean, she's like, she's the queen mother, but also she's like the queen mother. You yeah. Know? She's not a symbolic uh, queen mother. This this is the one. This is the one in charge. Yeah. If, 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 if you're 18 years old and, you know, and, and your, your mother regent says, well, I've spent the last 15 years kicking ass and poisoning people and burning down cities. And- yeah, I just wiped out the, the, <laughs> the guys who killed your father. Right. And she's I like, wiped here you out. go. Wipe them out thoroughly. <laughs> here you go. Here's your 18th birthday present. It, it's it's being king. You mm-hmm. know, she so willingly hands that power over. That's someone you want to keep close. <laughs> yeah. Also, he should be pretty fucking grateful because you know that uh, his chances of surviving in that time uh, are very fucking slim considering he was the son of a like the post king. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, most likely, the first thing that would happen the months after that fucking marriage, if that had taken place, would have been like him having an unfortunate accident. <laughs> Slow poison. So, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, uh, oh, you know, there was a hunting accident. Oh, well, he wasn't even hunting. No, but the rabbits, they get loose. You know, it's, <laughs> it would be something, you know. Could you ever, imagine having the balls to, to rip someone's husband in half and then show up and be like oh yeah uh we're the murderers uh you shouldn't marry our guy <laughs> yeah it's like i don't care how badass you felt ripping someone in half you're never gonna be able to sleep and not expect like her to fucking beat you to death with a chair or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just now- no fucking way no fucking way you're surviving that marriage what are you thinking you know is your wife if anyone can poison you it's your wife <laughs> right that's like the best fucking suspect they will ever have for a poisoning and fucking olga i don't think she would bother with poisons i think she would literally go for fucking beating you to death with a chamber pot because a poison would be a little bit you know it would, <laughs> it's too kind she's not kind <laughs> or, or maybe a cross because she did convert to christianity and yeah, but I feel like she might not. She might literally beat someone to death with a like a bedpan because it's a symbolic. Yeah, that's true. It seems like the person who would enjoy the symbolism. <laughs> mm. It's like that uh, beating you to death with a bucket of shit. 
myth for where I don't know if this is a true true one or not, but I, I remember one of my uh, elementary school teachers telling me uh, that the reason the middle finger is a bad gesture is because there was some there was some siege where or there there these archers were captured and they cut off their middle finger, which was used to pull back the bowstring. And no, no, yeah, I, I, I know the story. I can already tell you it's, it's, um, it's not correct. Yeah, I, I felt like it, it wasn't. I also, I, I have also heard that that one's not true. It, so. it is, it is true, but not about the middle finger. Okay. Um, in in Britain, the way they show the middle finger is that you know, like the V for victory sign, mm-hmm. like your two, like index finger and middle finger. Yeah, they show it to you, but with the knuckles pointing forward. You know, as like you, how you would show the middle finger, but they show two fingers. Yeah. Uh, and that is, that, that's where the story comes from. Because the English had um, their, their main power, like their main strength, of, apart from their Navy, back in the ye old days, was their archers. They had very good longbowmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the French, whenever they took English archers prisoner, would uh, amputate those two fingers from their hand so they couldn't draw a bow and so it became an insult from the english to the french like a taunt like look i still have these fingers you oh know? okay <laughs> yeah. you come and get them you know you have to okay. first cross this field i got a bow you know yeah. um and uh, uh to that day like in like the british they still they still use that uh, to diss each other although i don't think they'd use it for the french much more anymore you know, I was driving down to downtown Cleveland and somebody used it to uh, diss somebody else on the road. I wasn't involved in this, but I, this, this Jeep, Wrang- Jeep Wrangler was trying to get into the on-ramp and this truck was trying to get off the off-ramp. And I just see like the, 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 the Jeep's trying to get over and he does finally. And the truck kind of goes around him and then speeds up real fast to kind of like scare him or something. I don't know what he's trying to do, but as the truck passed him, I just see this massive middle finger. This guy's got huge hands. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it was yeah. a very, there's no way the other guy missed it. <laughs> yeah. oh, so, so that's, that's basically like the, the English way of showing the middle finger. It's middle finger plus another one. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. They, uh, strange people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have about one hour for this episode. Do you have anything more to say? No, man. I was happy talking about Olga of Kiev. And oh, I was ha- very happy listening to that. That was a fucking brilliant story. And it was nice. Uh, hopefully, we can put up some pictures of, of your wounds so other people can <laughs> <laughs> oh, see them and, nice. and, and oh. cringe at those. I wish I had the presence of mind to take a picture of the wound just as I got it, because you could see the bone crystal clearly. It was just missing a stripe of the leg. <laughs> the picture I have of the wound is taken an hour later, uh, and it's uh, not nearly as impressive because the wound had already started to swell and close, you know? I, I should have eaten breakfast after we recorded. <laughs> not, <laughs> not before. <laughs> <laughs> but no i got nothing else do you have anything um oh yeah i want to th- give some extra creds to to my boss eduardo because he in the middle of the night five o'clock he drove me home from the hospital and because the road up to my house on a hill is too wet to drive 
and he like he wouldn't let me try to walk it myself for obvious yeah. reasons. Uh, he literally put me on his back and carried me up to my door. And he would have carried me to my fucking bed if I didn't say like, no, 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 man, I, I can I can make it. You know, he is a he is a sweetheart and a prince. Well, I would like also to give props to Eduardo then because I'm pretty sure your house was built before ladders were invented. And my house was built like 16 years before the USA was invented. <laughs> <laughs> it's over 400 years old it's such a and it's on top of a hill and at the time my bedroom was in the top of the house and it has like a spiral staircase <laughs> yeah all normal things yeah it's like living in a fucking tower <laughs> I, I just picture um i don't know if you remember the sword in the stone disney movie but oh yeah 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 with the king arthur yeah and they, they send Merlin up to that, like, rickety old tower that's, like, swaying in the thunderstorm. Like, that's what I picture for your house. That's essentially what I'm living in. <laughs> Putting <laughs> umbrellas through the roof to make sure it doesn't rain. It's that, but they've painted it white. <laughs> <laughs> Alabaster. You know yeah. the proper color. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at me, I'm a chemist. Suck ass with a straw. <laughs> <laughs> That would be more of an art teacher correction, I feel like. Yeah. No, um, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We forgot to say before we head off, uh, this is the end of season one. uh, And we will return Friday, the 1st of October. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so that's the plan. Meanwhile, we're going to be making a little backlog of episodes so that our like work schedules won't like fuck with future stuff. Yeah. we want to keep a regular publishing schedule. And yeah, we do. It's got, it's got to be Wednesdays, guys. Wednesdays. We're going to go back to Wednesdays. And we humbly apologize I don't. for the last few weeks. Uh, <laughs> but not that humbly, because you do get this for free. So, you know, fuck you, you entitled little shit. Um, <laughs> no, no, I really do want you to keep listening. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is important. Like, it is really nice to get like random messages from people asking questions about it or, or just, it does feel great that people actually want us to, to be there. Like yeah. when people are sending a message like, Hey, well, did you stop doing this? Are you going to keep doing this? It, it is uh, it is a tremendous compliment. And like, I, I think I speak for the both of us when I say that we couldn't possibly appreciate it more if we tried. It's true. Especially since we, we, uh, we we know our audience is small, and so we also know, like, to listen. If anybody's listened to like all thirty some episodes, that's that's quite the feat. Yeah, like you I, should I, be I, a, I, commended. I, I don't think you should be commended. I think you should be committed. But you know, I still appreciate it. <laughs> no, no, I want medals. <laughs> I finished season one of Moot. Honestly, <laughs> that should be a T-shirt. That should, that, like if we have, if we ever get to a point where we do merch that i i swear that'll be our first lives shit. of jeremy's children that this will be in the merch store i will not swear that no but i don't take an oath as serious no. <laughs> <laughs> no, i do take the oath very seriously um so you know jeremy we got to get on those t-shirts if we ever do merch like but, I, yeah, like I, you care about your kids right 
<laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. I love I love my kids deeply. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, I I also I also love them, and I haven't even met them. They're great kids. He's got he's got good good kid skills. <laughs> well, he's basically calling me a child. Is what he's saying. Yeah, but he's got magnificent ch- childhood skills. It's like <laughs> I make I make a mean chocolate milk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> if he was a bartender in like a child's bar, they would have like they would have a they would have a great time, man. <laughs> you haven't tasted my dad's orange juice. Oh, oh, he, that's it. I'm like, calling the cops. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's like starting a bar for children. That's a fucking red flag if there ever was one. <laughs> no, 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 no. The birthday party's gonna be great. Send your yeah. kids over. We've got an open bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thing, is, thing is, though, it's actually a really good idea, and it's a really sweet idea. It's like a kind of Willy Wonka type character could do this, but I always thought Willy Wonka was a pedophile anyway, so it's just too suspicious. Yeah. No, I don't think it's po- I don't think it's possible to do without raising serious alarms unless you're in a small tight knit community of people that all trust each other. Because exactly. like if you see like- somebody with a tumbler shaking up orange juice for a bunch of kids and then pouring off drinks. And the other thing is like normalizing drinking in that sense for children, I think is a little suspect. I think yeah. I might have a problem with that. It's like it's like chocolate cigarettes, you know? Yeah, um, but like, this I, is fun. This is cool. Do it. I, I wasn't thinking of an ex- actual bar with like a bartender shaking up orange juice and a thing. I was more thinking of like a guy wearing like one of those old ice cream man costumes with like a shelf of nice chocolate milks they could have. That's and then it's almost like... worse. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Actually, because that's that, <laughs> the guy... rolling up in like an ice cream truck. It's playing the music. Oh my god! Yeah, the I shutters go oh, up. No. Oh, it would be like a, a like the fucking Neverland restaurant, you know? It's, it's no good. You can't do this. See, kids can't have anything nice anymore because of all these, you know, child hungry pedophiles. Why? They? Why? 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 Come on, guys! You're just ruining just, it for the kids. Just, just stop being pedophiles, man. Just don't. Yeah. Just don't. Just yeah. know. That's. It's like, of all the stances Moots had, we're pretty strong. We're, we're tough on pedophiles. You should. Be. Yeah, like we 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 don't we like to be flexible, uh, but there's just a limit. Yeah. You know, like uh, you know Roman Polanski, turn yourself in, buddy. <laughs> Come on. Huh? Like that's that that's that's official from Moot. So also, why, why don't you just hand that laptop over to an authority? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hand it over to, to like the FBI agent you like the least. <laughs> at least then, at least then you get something out of it. You know, you get to traumatize a person and you get to turn yourself in. That's it's got to be a win-win. From what I hear, Roman Polanski do enjoy traumatizing people. Probably. I mean, he was he was known for being eccentric. I know no, I know very little about him. I know that he did uh, The Exorcist, which is a great movie. I have yet to see, so I don't even know if it's great, but I hear it's great. I will see it someday, but you know, I'm I'm lazy. Uh, and I heard that he raped an underage girl in the ass, and I'm like thinking that that's not okay. Yeah, like, uh, it's good, I'm sure, but come on, man! Like he, he didn't. Yeah, he drugged and raped a 13 year old. It's it's not like. It's not like it's like oh she was sixteen and like like and not that makes it better like if 
uh, you know, was... it doesn't make it good, but let's be real, it makes it better. But some some people like will the try younger to massage ago, it with the younger ago, like... the worse it is. Let's be honest here. Yeah. You know, we're not saying 16 is okay. We're saying that's still fucking horrible. But 13 is worse. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't one of those situations where people will try to massage where it's like, well, you know, 16 is the age of consent in wherever he was from and it's you know, the age it's... of consent in Norway. Uh, but uh, you still don't drug people and rape them in their asses. That's just not cool. I feel like if you're in your 30s or 40s and you're you're preying on 16 year olds, like that's a sign. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. There's something <laughs> called the half plus seven rule. Have like, you ever hung out with a 16 year old? They're totally insufferable. I don't understand what. They're... No, I mean, like uh, I can't really blame him. Because, no, okay, let's not even like, let's not even make the joke. <laughs> no, that's that's a tough joke. Uh, it's not. My okay. skin was crawling before you finished it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like if, if I if I feel like it's a step too far, it's probably really a step too far. Pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> but no, there was there was no there's no there's no mitigating factors to this. There's no whiff of consent or any sort of legal anything. It was a 13 year old he drug yeah. The guy is a creep and a criminal. Yeah. You know, the two C's. Yeah. He's the also kid. a little bit of a cunt. The pianist, uh, good movie. Well, you know, he's, he's, I'll, I'll, <laughs> but he's still a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he's he's human feces. Um, that does not mean you don't get to enjoy uh, Rosemary's Baby, by the way, or The Exorcist, or whatever the hell he made. Um, <laughs> enjoy that movie, but you know, don't you don't need to praise the guy too much for making it, or or at all. You know, like no, no. a lot of other people actually made other. Like, yeah. that's a lot of people worked on that film, remember. not just him. Yeah, like the actors, they didn't rape anyone, as far as I know. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's Hollywood. <laughs> There's enough rape to go around. Let's be real. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's. It, I always think it's a shame when like a movie or a show gets like damaged because of like one person like house of cards was really sad to me because i really loved that show and it's just a shame that it, it went so downhill um uh, because of spacey because that's like a lot of people's jobs so that just that just adds like another layer to the whole fucking crime you know the jobs thing was sad i've always kind of hated house of cards i think it's melodramatic and shitty and it's just yeah, I like it. I like that though. Like the shitty melodramatic. It's like watching a soap opera but less stupid. You know, sometimes I you don't want think so. Like it's it's see at least the soap opera knows it's a soap opera. House of Cards thought it was awesome, but it was really a soap opera. But it wasn't just a soap opera, it was it was Macbeth badly remade. And yeah, yeah, it, it was extremely pretentious. The the music and the the overacting, <laughs> the it was like everybody was just I I I I cringed a lot in that show. I, I, I watched I through the middle it. of season two. I, I, I still enjoyed like the. I, I enjoyed it tremendously. I thought it was a ride, um, but I'm not super critical. Although the... this this really has nothing to do with Spacey's crime. Me complaining about House of Cards. I have a... no, <laughs> no, is, no. This is un, uh, totally unrelated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. But I can't. I can't watch American Beauty because in American Beauty, Beauty, he's a pedophile, and so it's like, well this is this method it's, acting or it's what a little, it's like, a little too close to home <laughs> right. you know yeah 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 
then he did that he did that bullshit thing where he tried to be like well i'm gay guys and he like tried to come out oh that's like, so uh part that was, of his apology that was so like, scummy shit. that was just him trying to trying to grab like a wall of social justice warriors as a meat shield for for his crimes yeah yeah he's trying that to- was oh that was such a scummy thing to do that was probably I'm, I'm so glad that didn't work because it would have pissed me off if that worked oh yeah no it, i mean it could have worked that could have fucking worked like he that was a that was that was a calculated fucking gamble he made i mean it's not even a gamble because he had nothing to lose from doing it like you, we're not going to think he's a bigger piece of shit i mean he is but it's the margins are small here you know well and i think I think if it had been the 1990s, it might have, it might have worked. <laughs> like, I think if it was if it was pre Me Too by like 10, 15, 20 years, he, he would have that would have been like everybody would have been like, oh yeah, that's that's all right. The 1990s, I think it would have actually, I think it would have been a way worse if he did that, just like for the general LGBT movement, because back then I know that a lot of people were already like suspicious that gays were like actually predators hunting young boys that's still how a lot of people behave is it oh yeah yeah i have people i have i would say that they tend to be evangelicals uh more on the fundamentalist anti-gay side where their lack of exposure to the lgbt uh, community makes them and their isolated you know, it's conservative not, it's, not social, it's not the social norm though is it those are like we we view them as the freaks of society now don't we well but the thing is though uh, they're they're massive and, and i think that it, it there are massive swaths of society that think that way and we don't live there so we're not surrounded by that thinking no but uh, obviously i'm like there's there's gonna you're gonna find a like a massive swath of anything right but I'm th- I'm just saying as a culture, that's not how you guys. Oh uh, well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, right? yeah. Like if, if you're on TV, you can't have that attitude. That's true. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Because even like I've never seen like a I don't know. It's it's a socially unacceptable thing to do. Right. Well, of course, large groups of people are socially unacceptable. Well, and, <laughs> and I want I want to be very careful here because I I also think that when it comes to equating gays with pedophiles, I think significant percentages of Republicans don't do that at all. And no. So I, I want to be very careful how I say it. It's, I think it's more closed communities that are highly religious and fundamentalist about it. Like those are the areas where, yeah. it, and, and not even all of those, but, but that I don't, I don't see a whole it, it's an outdated way to to uh, it's an outdated way to view that whole situation yeah you know but i feel like if it was in the 1990s he might like he wouldn't have gotten away with it i think but i think i think it would have it could have derailed the whole gay movement by like quite a bit it could have done yeah. some damage and and i think it, it could have it, it could have shielded him from a lot i mean he started you know he was born was he he's 60 or something now i don't remember how old he is he's, he's got to be close to 60 if not 60 because he started acting in the the 80s so you know i i'm sure i'm sure he understood that america has changed since then but i also think that he you know lived through 
high society at a time when people were still like, oh, AIDS is a gay disease, you know? Yeah. So. I guess I, I, I can have some, I can have some sympathy for that, but that's not really connected to his crime. So it's, you know. Oh, I'm not saying it as a way to garner sympathy. I'm saying that that's, that's probably why he, he abused it as a tactic. You know, that's why. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, because he was trying to make it instead of, like feel sorry for me. Don't don't feel angry at me. Right. Uh, right. Cretin. Or, or or be angry at me, but pity me also because I'm going through stuff too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like whenever someone like does just something fucking psychotic and they try to like excuse it by saying they've had a bad day. Right. <laughs> you know. Hashtag I don't like Mondays. <laughs> The, the, like that, that, that always drove me nuts. Like, stay out of my way. I'm in a bad mood today. It's like, well, you just made my day bad. That's your <laughs> fucking problem, asshole. <laughs> Who the hell are you? You don't get to do this. <laughs> yeah. It's like you just created a bad day for someone else. Uh, I, do they get to be an asshole to you for that? Right. Actually, they kind of do because you created it, but still, you know what I mean? I want to like, take out like a pencil and paper and be like, okay, so how many days a, d- a year do I get? Okay. Okay. So yeah. three. Uh, I want to pick. I want to pick uh, this date, August seventh, as uh, my day to be a complete cunt to everyone around me. <laughs> no, no, you don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. Do I get? Do I get rollover asshole days? Like if I don't use them this yeah. year, do I get six next year? <laughs> you have a bad day. That's a you problem. You know, like you you get you get sympathy if you have a bad day, but you don't get to be an ass. That sympathy is conditional. Yeah. Yeah, like you got you got to be you got to be worth it. You got to earn. You got you got to earn, uh, like that that respect and and those kind of things. You know, you you don't you don't get those for free. You don't get the you don't get the nice treatment for free. You got to be worth it. And the way to be worth it is to treat other people nice. Yes. So, that was a very long time for us to say goodbye well we're just we're, we're, we're gonna miss people so much <laughs> no. uh, i mean we still get to keep recording so that's fun that's but true you guys, i mean you guys have to wait a while before you get to hear our luscious supple voices yeah i mean i'll probably talk to joe again tomorrow we talked yesterday it's, yeah. <laughs> our friendship's <laughs> intact we... <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not struggling here we're not struggling <laughs> although we do feel a lot better to be able to say that this is like the season ending because we have felt really shitty about so many weeks of just nothing and we didn't even tell you guys which was honestly really scummy of us i apologize well i mean i suppose we could have well we don't we don't tweet or anything although we should we have a twitter we have a reddit we tell people to use them at the end of every episode but uh, i have we gotten a tweet so far no now see it's not really on us I mean, it kind of is a little on us, but not super. Like, it's a little on you guys, too. Yeah. If you tweet us, we'll tweet back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can at least, at least call us something nasty. Right. Insult us so we know that you're, we're getting under your skin. Or we're yeah, that means you care. Right. I want you to care. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've told our angriest listeners to contact us um (laughs) go ahead and say that this has been moot season one please follow us on twitter at the moot podcast and visit us at the moot subreddit all right all right take care guys have a beautiful summer bye